this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. So, Stephen, I would like you to take this in the constructive spirit that it is uh, intended. You are a selfish, arrogant child. Back in Iowa, I bet you watched a lot of Queen Maeve movies. She didn't take any shit, right? She was a rebel. That's what you wanted to be. That's what American heroes are. But it's a myth. I should know. I wrote the script. You want to be a superhero? You want to be famous? But nobody's famous alone. So why don't you cut the petulant diva shit, show a little effing gratitude, and let us do our job. Wow. We are talking Amazon's The Boys, Season 1, Episode 6, The Innocence, the After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz This is what I'm talking about, Steven. You are such a selfish, arrogant child. Okay? These thumbs up need to stop. Don't make me have to fire people for you, okay? (laughs) If you don't know, we are talking Amazon's The Boys Season 1, Episode 6, The Innocence. I'm your host. I will be hosting this panel. And, of course, the illustrious panel includes the one and only Stephen Lemieux. Hey, guys. How's it going? Episode 6. Episode 6, which is very hard. Honestly, uh, The Boys has become my compound V. I need more. You need more. You're going to start shooting blue out of your eyes if I you don't am. get more. It's my thing. It's my thing right now. And uh, a lot of things to talk about in this in this particular episode. I think it was such a great bridge episode. Things to discuss. We're going to talk about the seven, uh, their campaign, and how it affects each member differently. Of course, lastly, with Homelander and his blankie. Oh, Starlight doesn't do discretion anymore. Strong stuff from Starlight this episode. Maven Starlight have a heart-to-heart. The deep is in too deep. You, you see what and I did there? He's trying to keep... All this butt in his head. Okay. Huey and Annie are popular on dates. Group therapy, which I feel like everyone on this show needs at this point. Meeting Mesmer, the female, quote-unquote, not my title, it's theirs, speaks up. Mesmer tattletales, news and gossip. You're going to want to stay tuned for that in our special segment, of course. Worst case scenario. This week's worst case scenario? Peter Parker. That's when we discuss uh, superheroes' powers and what is the worst thing that can happen if their powers went awry. Uh, We have a couple quick predictions and so much more. What are your overall thoughts on this episode? I thought it was really interesting how they did this episode. I thought the editors had a lot of fun. They used tons of different, like, aspect ratios for the footage. It cut in between 
between like real life full screen then to like the square like you're an editor on premiere or something like that i like that they play with the the hollywood aspect of things where it's like the first cut is like i'm back home and if you want to be Homelander, you got to land back in your home. It's like, it's too down to earth. Get it to be more spunky. And then the what I felt was perfect was A-Train's like trying to actually be real, only to be like, totally being like, now nah, let's beef this up a bit. And it's like, let's make the LeBron sizzle for A-Train, which I thought was pretty good. Starlight, we're really, really playing into bad things coming up foreshadowing is real in this episode and we introduce huey's other friend which i felt like he was like really flirting with starlight he kind of seemed there's kind of seemed some animosity there between him and huey for some reason and i wonder if we're gonna get him back just in time to kill him i think he's gonna die anthony's gonna come back anthony's the friend of course i didn't feel like a flirty thing i felt like the hometown vibe where he basically is like wow you have a hottie with you doesn't really know how to control himself in front of the girl i i really enjoyed the the segments which look like footage just like you said with the premiere thing it reminded me of justice league with the superman with the camera and the kid in the beginning of the show of course they didn't explore it as much as they did in the boys this this season the deeps apology came off uh almost very too real where it's the person who isn't is insincere about this apology and it's written for them and they're getting out in front of it and it's a publicity stunt publicity stunt is almost everything is we get deeper into this world of what superheroes are meant to be and then of course starlight who's breaking all of those molds and more so it was just a great episode it's a great bridge episode going into the last two episodes which we will be watching back to back right here and coming right back on to discuss so you run you're going to want to stay tuned for that what's really interesting is that we spend a lot of this season talking about we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, how the heroes aren't human and how they separate themselves from humanity, but this episode deals with a lot of human aspects of them. Obviously, deep dealing with like the legal aspects and ramifications of what he's done, but also having to face the fact that he's being called out for having to apologize. Then you have Homelander dealing with a human emotion of like nostalgia mixed with what's his childhood. Maeve's kind of just crumbling. You see her with her ex-girlfriend. They film it. So I don't know if that's going to come up later. Very reality show, by the way, yes. Yeah. And- they filmed a lot of these kind of episodes these kind of behind the scenes that they shouldn't have been filming. Yeah, and then Black Noir is not anywhere to be seen. He's like the big mystery character right now. I'm surprised that six episodes in, all we know is that he has knives and wears a black suit. And he has a movie coming out. He has a movie coming out. He's got a great movie but Seth out. Rogen, Seth Rogen, if Seth Rogen produces it, it's going to be good. The Seven Campaign. So let's get into that conversation of each one's campaign. We saw, of course, the Deep's campaign as he's trying to clean up the beach, and he's that guy. But then you also see him sexually harass a girl almost as she walks by, like, hey, what's up? You know? Put the garbage back on the beach, guys. Take two. Exactly. That was pretty great. And it's, it's I mean, that's his character, though. It is his character. It's his character, and now we're finding out uh, a lot more about that. 
as far as who he is. And he is, you know, we had heard, oh, they take you as a joke. He is kind of the joke of the seven. He's definitely a joke of the seven. You have everyone doing something like legitimate, and then he's the guy cleaning up garbage on the beach. And then, of course, following him is A-Train, who you, I love how you put it, the LeBron sizzle. Mm-hmm. LeBron Sizzle's a great way to place that because it was it was he was trying to get real and they're like oh let's talk less about the hood and the guns let's let's uh let's make this a little more upbeat and it's something they do with athletes yeah because like nobody wants to hear about bullets it's like well I don't know his story was kind of interesting and gave us a little bit of insight into how why he is the way he is um but. Yeah, let's just focus on the race. Let's focus on not his brother's relationship, which right now it feels like his brother's the only one keeping him from going full soup and just being the biggest terrible person ever. He's already pretty terrible. And then they bring up Popclaw in the interview. And it threw him. It threw him off. Uh, I haven't seen her in years. Which that, to me, is something that also plays, because there's going to be some footage of them being with each other somehow. You think so? Outside of the movie? I think so. I think that it's going to be some way. Not only did it bring back his feelings, where he's got this this temperament, almost like uh, the Raven, where it's chipping away at him that he did this. He feels bad for what he did. I have a feeling, now that you think about it, you're right. I have a feeling that, you know, at the end of this episode, we get that tease where Butcher's like, how's she going to react when she finds out? Instead of, like, if. Yeah. I think Butcher is compiling all this... Like, video, pictures, audio, everything from every soup that he has, and I think he's going to just flood the media with it. Sure. I mean, it's one of those, we've seen this trope before where you release it simultaneously online and then it can't be stopped. Sparks so many fires that they exactly. can't be put out. That yeah. they can't be put out. We've seen that before. So, with A-Train, he said something that he can't take back. I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. He could have simply said, we're not that close, or, oh, I feel bad for her death. Or, he, I was there and made her OD. And he probably shouldn't have said that. That would have been a little more, that would have been worse. Yeah, but, probably. But we see that his brother's pushing him, and I want to talk about that when we get up to Homelander, because then we see Queen Maeve. Queen Maeve is, of course, doing her queen thing. They have the wind blowing. They've got that montage of her just being a hero. And then Elena comes in. And she has to pull Elena aside. And she says the meanest thing you can say to someone is like, I was just trying to hook up. <laughs> that was harsh. I thought honesty was the best course of action. Definitely. Except that isn't honesty. That, not only was that not honest, it also destroyed. But you see Elena saying, I do know you. I, I, that's not, you're just saying that. Yeah, well, also there's camera people around and the microphones and stuff like that. And they're like, all hot. Yeah, and it's like, you want her to tell you what's going on? Like, imagine what would happen if she told you about Flight 37. Uh, you can't be a part of this. And on top of that, she's actually protecting you by hurting you in some ways. Because if you know the truth, then your life is in danger, too. Let's be very honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, Elena would die immediately. 100%. 100%. 100%. So Queen Maeve's, Queen Maeve's going on this this character journey of guilt and realizing that things are bad. Which I guess she's probably been facing for a while now, uh, but only coming to a head now in terms of like making her to the point of drinking. I think Flight Thirty Seven put her over the put her over the edge in terms of that. It pushed her, and I think it's interesting because we see Queen Maeve seeing in herself Starlight and then resenting Starlight for it. I like that, and then having having a realization, a moment of realization of like when Starlight tells her about. You know, 
you you want to say that you see yourself she didn't say in those words you see yourself in me but it's like you want to say that i'm acting for the cameras you want to say that i'm creating this this version of myself based on you it's like well that's what i grew up with it is based on you like throws it back in her face she does throw it back in her face but she doesn't i don't think she says it in that way she says i wore out your copy which we're going to talk about in the heart to heart with maven starlight i wore out your copy of the book that you read that i had to get a second one and now i realize the marketing people just came up with it yeah so you're projecting onto me who you are dick frozoff probably wrote it (laughs) ice princess okay so oh uh seth seth Mm -hmm. seth um let's talk about okay we don't see anything from Black Noir. We see nothing. Who is this guy, right? We see nothing from him. And then we get, we, we go through, and then we get the people from behind the scenes, too. Because I think that's an important part. The producer and the director, she's shady? I don't think she's shady. She's good at her job. Tell me why you think it's she's more, saying shady. Because she keeps the mics on. Like, if I work for Vought... I should be in the know that, hey, I shouldn't be doing these things. I'm going to get in trouble. But she works for Madeline. That's the thing is I don't I don't think hmm. – like you, you got to realize like some of these documentaries, you know, tons and tons and tons of reality stars and celebrities will tell people, hey, turn the, turn the cameras off, cut, turn the mics off. And tons and tons of DPs and camera people and directors – Say yeah, I turned it off, and don't. And they don't. I mean, obviously, we had that whole scandal uh, with now President Trump that the mics were hot. That's the concept. Yeah, and keep it running. Keep it running, and it's 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 a it's a gray area, but it's a filmmaking tactic that's not meant to be malicious. It's meant to capture people in moments that are more real. I think a lot of people change when they're on the camera. And when you're filming a documentary, you need to have real moments. So unless you're like legitimately working for that person, you're hired to do a job and your job is to make the best product possible. And your job is to get the most real footage possible. Whether you use it, I'd say 95% of footage from documentaries gets ends up on the cutting room floor. But I forgot what basketball player it was, but the basketball player who was traded to, um, I think it was traded to the Knicks or something. He was filming a documentary at the time he got the phone call confirming the trade. Jeremy Lin? Was, who, who I, I, for, I forgot who I it was. Know. Sorry, guys. But you can look it up, like uh, documentary footage from the trade, basketball player. You'll find it. And it wasn't supposed to be part of the documentary. He happened to get the call, and they happened to keep rolling. And then got the full legitimate reaction to him learning that he was traded to a, to another team. Uh, I'm looking it up now. I, I was thinking, okay, so to me, Courtney came off a little shady. I didn't think of it in the situation where, is it Derrick Rose? I think it might have been Derrick Rose, yeah. It looks like it's Derrick Rose from what I just saw. But, uh, you know, Courtney came off a little shady to me, but I didn't think of it in the perspective of she works for Madeline. And maybe Madeline wants all this footage and owns people based on these things. Oh, for sure. Because she manipulates them 100%. I mean, we've seen Madeline at her finest at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if... They use Elena as a bargaining chip with with Maeve. That, I mean, that that can be completely true. That's actually a great point. I never thought of it in the professional aspect. I thought it was Courtney, the producer, or EP, or whoever she is, being a little bit shady. Especially because we saw this amazing... By the way, out of all of theirs, Starlights was the best. 
Yeah. And she wasn't available. Where's Starlight? She's not available. She's not making herself available. She's obviously not a willing participant. So we made one without you. We go around you. We make one without you. We're creating this campaign with or without you, and it's brilliant. Maeve says the house always wins. Yeah, and it's the best one. It's the best one yet. And, of course, the one that's the most endearing is also the one that's the most false, and that's the one we have to discuss is Homelander. Homelanders is crazy. Homelanders is is a crazy one. We get a great scene between him and Madeline, though, for this. 100%. But... It was fake. His his Completely childhood fake, fake, except for his blanket. Except for the blanket that threw him for a loop. It's like, you tell me. How would you feel if somebody tells you to go into a fake house with fake bedrooms, fake pictures of you and your parents, fake childhood and fake memories, and tells you to feel about it? How would you feel about that? And she's like, well, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Like, that's tough, but you know what? Like, he's a actor playing a superhero who's acting like a good guy who now has to act like he has a childhood. Yeah. A childhood who, by the way, is creating this all-American childhood. The yeah. played baseball, mom made this perfect baseball diamond cake, friends. It was perfect. And it reminded me of something of in the first episode when Butcher is like, Homelander, we have nothing on him, even though he specifically has something on him, which is Becca's alleged rape. And then Frenchie in last episode where he's like, Homelander, there's no records and they never will be. And there never will be because he has no childhood, as we saw. He's For, for me, Homelander has now become... The making soups in a fucking lab. Yeah, soup, soup, soup X. He, he's the, he's, you know, zero. He's, he's the 11. Exactly. He's the one that started it all. So something with him, his childhood, he's the first creation. Is he, though? He's the one, the first they controlled, I think, and the first that made it. I don't think we have a timeline of if he's the first or not. I think he's the most powerful. And we saw Edgar. We saw Edgar, which I liked. Was Edgar the one I in the window? So. I feel like the peekaboo was Edgar. I should have used the Amazon x-ray function to look. I, you know what? That's a good... I, I thought it was... I was under the impression that it was Edgar in so the window. So you think Edgar is the mastermind between Compound V and, and Vought and Supers? I would say so. I think Edgar is... Basically, that government contractor, basically that company head where they stumbled upon something, the pharmaceutical company, they stumbled upon something, and they did a lot of shady stuff to cultivate it. So they're they're the Pfizer of this world, where it's like they're developing heart medication. Whoops, we made boners. No, I mean that's that's how Viagra came to be, right? Know, it yeah. was an accident. So a lot of things in this nature. Once once there's money involved, it changes things. People realize when there's a billion dollars involved. All things are fair. Yeah. There, there is no good good or bad at that point. It's the tough thing about technology in that, like, the cure for cancer will probably also be something that can kill hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. it's uh, it, We've seen this before, you know? Basically, the microwave and the nuclear bomb are the same guy, you know? It's the, it's the concepts which we're looking at, technology. A lot of our technology comes from that... Uh, from, from that... M- military industrial complex and well, a lot of people don't realize that well yeah there's there's technologies out there that we don't even realize 100 because they've been developed for the military but then it takes about 15 years 15 years from development for military use to civilian, civilian adaptation 20 years sure yeah it's pretty insane guys if you look into like the history and the timeline of like hey this jet was invented and then 10 years later now we have a new set of boeing's it's like Boeing has a deal with the U.S. government that they 
release technology after a certain timeline after developing it for the U.S. government. That, and that's a real thing. Actually, I remember, what was the enemy of the state? Remember the the Will Smith movie? And they were doing, I remember watching the interviews on that, and, and that's an older movie. And they were like, the technology in this movie, people were like, oh, this is so crazy, we don't have that yet. And the government the government consultant who they had was like we've had the, we had this we had this technology 20 some years ago yeah we uh, were doing this 20 some years ago mission impossible is actually very realistic in the technology that they use because if anyone has access to pre-selling and pre-access to technology it's the hollywood industry because they have all the contacts with the government because hollywood then makes uh, deals in terms of not propaganda per se but more pushing. We could say we American could call military. it propaganda because yeah. we do know that Hollywood does deals with the U.S. government often to you know uh, promote military in order to increase recruitment. The the Spider-Man Far From Home drones are a thing. They're real. A hundred percent. So I bought one off Amazon. Yeah. It delivers packages, and it kills your neighbor. I mean, it's, it's possible. It's crazy. So we're looking at this technology. How far away do you think we are from superhero technology right now? In what way? What do you consider superhero technology? What, 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 what do you consider superhero technology right now? I think if you're looking at superhero technology in terms of turning somebody's physiology into something that is has powers that go against the laws of physics, I think we're 100 years away. I think if you're if you're going to look at it with, like, in regards to somebody who can, you know, be cut in the arm and have it heal back within an hour, I, I'd say anywhere from five years to already now. Already now, the military use or something. Well, I mean, we do know that athletes are way more advanced than they were. The, remember, there was a time where the four-minute mile was an impossible task, and now it's the line of how do you how do you get to exactly it's the four minute mile. high the, school kids there's something called the fda that prevents any drugs from being used on humans for like 20 years so it's like you could have this miracle medicine that could cut you could cut a mouse in half and let it grow back but whether or not it'll work on humans or be tested on humans will be few and far between until china gets a hold of it yeah. i Did mean you, china's making the first animal human hybrid it was approved i thought it was the liger so listen <laughs> I have a question for you. Did you feel any empathy for Homelander watching him as a baby? With the target in the background. Don't forget the target yeah, I on the I saw the target. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't say empathy is the word. I would say, I would just go back to my earlier point in the season where I'm just, all of these heroes are victims of circumstance. Yeah. And we don't know yet where the babies come from. And we don't know yet, you know, how... Vot's getting these children because they could be, they could have like a whole series of people that donating their children, donating their children. They could be abducting their children. They could be replacing the babies with dead bodies and f- framing stillbirths. Sure, I mean he's the one who doesn't have a childhood. The other ones did, and we know obviously Annie has a mom. A Train has the brother. We we see at least with those two their childhood and that they grew up in a family. So it's interesting. I guess we're going to have to find that out. And also with Homelander, not to skip this, it it gives us way more information on why he's jealous of Madeline's child because he grew up in a steel room with targets and stuff like that and one blanket, and she's like taking him to appointments, holding him all the time, giving him that motherly love that Homelander never received. Mother issues. We do see that. So I mean. 
We'll see. We'll find out more. Uh, at home, what do you guys think? Did you guys feel a little more for Homelander watching her as a baby? We love your comments. Of course, you're as much of this panel as all of us, we, if not more so. We appreciate you. I don't have my computer. It died, guys, so I'll do the live chat for the next episode for episode 7. But I can't wait for Homelander to meet Mother's Milk and for them to call him Mother's Milk in front of Homelander. <laughs> I can't wait for that. We'll see how that goes. Make sure to give us that thumbs up, subscribe, tell your friends, spread the word. We appreciate you. Thank you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Let's talk about Starlight. Starlight doesn't do discretion anymore. So here we see a, Starlight gets a backbone in this episode. Yeah. Stands up to Madeline in, in the best ways. Where you thought, I thought for a second at least, she was going to fold. And then she said, no. You're going to fire somebody who just accused the other guy of sexual assault? And I like that Madeline knew it was deep. And Starlight knew it. She's like, you know who did it. You know who it was. You know who put their dick in my face. Exactly. And and not only has it happened before, clearly the Deep has other accusations, but I would assume Starlight is under the impression that everywhere in that building is being recorded at all times. Yeah, definitely. So you knew. You know. And let's not act stupid. She's like, we like your discretion in... Starlight specifically says, I don't do discretion anymore. I don't. <laughs> yeah, like they expect her me, to be discreet. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell who it is. If they ask me who it is, I'm going to tell. But then Madeline gets the deep ahead of it. Because she didn't name him, but now he's the one ahead of it. And they're all angry at her. It's like... It, it's definitely... For all, the, for all the things that people say about this show and how it's handling having too much sexual assault or too much sure. sexual violence... Like, it's... It's true to form in terms of how people treat other people who come forward with accusations. It is. It's very true to form. So if you don't like it, then change the real world because that's what it is. It's it's art imitating life, to be very honest. Yeah. So Unfortunately. That's the thing. People don't like seeing, seeing our truths projected on the screen, but this is art imitating real life. I like this new starlight. I like the strong starlight. I like this. I think the strong starlight is going to be really pissed off at Huey. <laughs> Uh, we also have a we have some good dates um, going in, but Maeve and Starlight have a date in the elevator. They have two heart to hearts. The first one didn't go so well. This uh, where Starlight didn't do discretion, but the second one, I feel like Maeve gave her the head nod. Like there there was some uh, recognition of how Maeve used to be. Exactly. Starlight just doesn't have a Homelander forcing her into terrible situations. Yes. Yet. Homelander has been a little preoccupied, but had he not been, I think he would have had the Starlight under control. Do you think Homelander's got his eye on Starlight? Because he definitely doesn't like Huey because of his interaction. I think he wants to have his hero harem. He wants to be the one that everyone loves in terms of the Seven. A hundred percent. Which is the case, obviously, he had with Maeve. And now Starlight's on board. I don't think... I think Maeve was clearly the only female before on the on the Seven. So now we have a new female... Yeah. I think Maeve's the next to die, unfortunately. I hope not. I hope not. The deep is in too deep. Of course, what do you think of the apology? Half-assed. So let me read it to you in case I'm in full support of women and their ongoing bravery speaking out. We can all become stronger by listening. I realize that my behavior caused Starlight a great deal of pain, and I sincerely apologize for this. I thought it was consensual. Though at the time, I thought our encounter was consensual, I now realize that I misread the moment. Like, that's what I that's what I can't stand is because like people try to use this whole argument of like I thought it was consensual. It's like if you're like in a face to face meeting with somebody and you're like talking and it's a deep conversation and then you kiss them. That's like 
that's a moment where you're like, maybe the lines are blurred, like, okay, you thought it was a moment, it wasn't. And that happens in media all the time, that happens in real life all the time. There's no moment where you think, like, let me whip my dick out, and that's, you, th- you can think that that's consensual. Actually, in our comments, I had to have a conversation with someone today where someone had mentioned, I don't know what was wrong, he's right, it was consensual, she had a choice, she took her choice. And I explained, coercion is not consent. Everyone needs to understand that. Coercion is not consent. That's actually why it's illegal. Coercion, blackmail, threats, all these things are illegal under the law because of their forceful nature. Just to make sure everyone understands that. Coercion is not consent. Decisions made under duress do not qualify as decisions made in a healthy mental capability. That is a legal argument. And and never mind the morality of the situation. There's clearly an implicit uh, morality that we must face in these situations. But stop thinking that it's not illegal because she had a choice. No, coercion is illegal. Extortion is also illegal, just to let you know. That's why people, like, te- so my friend actually asked me this the other day, because uh, a teacher was arrested for having relations with a student, but the student was 18 years old. And he's like, why'd she lose her job? Why is it? And it's like, because she's in a position of power over that student. 100%. And she has control over things that that student could have fallback from, from calling anything off or anything like that. It's a, it's a position-based issue. And I don't think people really examine the power dynamics behind the sexual dynamics. People don't understand. It's very simple. If the mob was threatening to pay us protection money or we don't protect you and you know bad things are going to happen and people pay the protection money, that's not a choice. (laughs) That's illegal, right? Same thing. I thought the protection money was consensual. So that's... (laughs) Let's talk about Huey and Annie and how popular they are on dates. Yo, man. Yeah, they keep running into people. What is this? Yeah, why do you keep going there, Huey? First Anthony, and then uh, when Butcher showed up, Butcher was not pleased. Butcher needs to chill the f out. Honestly, like he's he's getting further and further towards extremism and becoming the human soup. In terms of, you know, all soups are the same. You know, blanket statements don't get us anywhere here, uh, Mr. Butcher. And we see what happens when soups are around blankets. I know. And I think we're. I think he's under the wrong impression that all soups are made in a lab, too. I don't think that's true. I don't think that all soups are made in a lab. I think there are people who are born in soups that aren't made from B-compound. I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I don't know how soups are made or not made. I'm a little wary to make a judgment well, on you that. you take a chicken stock or like a broth of sorts and you put things in it. Yeah, is that how soup. Is that how soup is made? Or you just open up some Campbell's. Uh, did you think... What did you think of Billy's threat? And it was it a threat? I think he knows... Th- Here's the thing. I don't think Billy's plan changes at all episode to episode. I think his plan from the start has been, I'm going to gather as much dirt as I can on these soups and I'm going to take them down. Whether that's in the media or whether it's anything, he's just, he's done. So it was never going to be a, a, what's the, you know, what she, what Starlight says, she doesn't do discretion. I think Billy's also done doing discretion. I think... You know, he's got that picture of Ezekiel and that video of Ezekiel from that bar. There's no way he doesn't have months and months and months of videos and pictures and stuff from that same bar of terrible things happening with the heroes and stuff doing terrible stuff. So it's just whether or not he's going to have the the coercion techniques to prevent Homelander from immediately killing him if he releases that stuff. So what they have to figure out what is going to be his linchpin to prevent himself being murdered from Homelander. Well, they do take... Billy does take... 
everyone does take Huey to these this group therapy session. Where of course we get the Seth Reed story, mm-hmm. where we know Seth is the marketing person. Ice He's being Princess. anonymous, but Ice Princess basically freezes off his penis, and he made her come. We get these. We made. We saw a lot of these stories. Uh, I wish. Uh, I wish TechLight was a little more gentle with my spine. And this is meant to show how bad the soups are for which I think it did the opposite. I think it it showed that there's a there's a difficulty. It's not that the soups want to be removed from humanity or, or viewed on a different pedestal. Like obviously Ice Princess was into uh what's Seth. His, Seth. Which like that's that's great. Like people should be able to love each other. But then there are the there are the issues with it that come with that. Well, that's also what he wanted to show is, hey, Starlight could uh, orgasm and burn your penis off and explode your head, like something of that nature. You're in a position of danger with Starlight. It is worth it, right? Uh, We met Mesmer. Oh, and before we move on, I'm so sorry. Let's talk about Billy's freak out in that moment. Yeah, he saw Robin again, and he chose to kiss her anyway. No, 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 Billy's freak out. Oh, Billy's freak out in the morning. Yeah, he's, he's not happy. Uh, he calls everyone the talking stick. He's handed the talking stick and he just goes ballistic. This is that moment where he's like, none of you. I think it's going to take Starlight actively saving Billy's life for him to have any empathy towards any heroes at all. Sheesh. Um, yeah, but they do kiss. Huey and Annie kiss. Yeah. I love that moment. And then Billy walks in and ruins it. Stop going to this bar. Meeting Mesmer. We meet Mesmer. Haley the, Joe Osmond. Exactly. Great choice for Mesmer, by the way. He's awesome. Uh, here we get him in Sixth Sense in 99, Forrest Gump in 94. He's a grown-up now. And we get these sightings of him. He's, he's, been, uh, he's been a big role in Silicon Valley, too, yeah. lately. And the female speaks up. He, of course, he has this power where he touches people and he... Can, She's part of a terrorist organization, oh, the, the Red Moon or something. And... Yeah, he he learns that her her and her brother were abducted at young ages. Her brother's still there. She was taken and started ejecting with V compound. We don't learn too much about the V compound, but she's just trying to get back to save her brother. So we know the V compound doesn't come back come from her. Uh, but the the allegation is that now Vot is trying to create supervillains. Yeah, because they need somebody that they can fight. And they're here's the here's the kicker. They're trying to create supervillains. Outside of the United States. Outside of the United States, so that they are able to go global. Globalization is huge for companies. Of course, the female breaks Mesmer's wrist in the first reading because she's just shocked by what she sees. We learn what she's been drawing, which is that moon and the palm tree. That was actually very endearing. And uh, and Mother's Milk calls the female Frenchie's girlfriend. Yeah. Aww. Aww. They're together. They are a little together. They hold hands. By the way, uh, she is not a child. I want everyone to know that because that was like a concern online. She is not a child. She is actually a grown-up who is played by uh, Karen, I I am butchering this last name, Fukuhara. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, she is... Is it F-U-K-U? It is Fukuhara. U-F-U-K-U-H-A-R-A. Fukuhara. Yeah, Fukuhara. No, you're Japanese now. So the concept is the concept is we see this background in the, in the female Mesmer wants something. That's this child which Mother's Milk is able to provide him to get some supervised visits with his his kid. Yeah, and we learn that he 
weighs the scales, and a kid who's begrudgingly visiting him is not worth as much as him possibly getting back in the spotlight at Fott. Yeah, and he got it. By the way, he got in trouble for insider trading. I don't know if everyone understood that because there was questions. Like, what are you getting in trouble for? They thought it was molestation. It was not. He got in trouble for insider trading because he touched someone's hand or whatever. Yeah, he was like touching investor hands and, and pulling, pulling numbers. Exactly, yeah. and so he got in trouble for that. And uh, we see Homelander come down. This is when Mesmer tattletales, and Homelander is not impressed by this guy. I don't want to know you, you know? Yeah. But you have information, and everyone's cover's blown. Yeah. Everyone's cover's blown. Well, Huey's isn't really blown. Why, why do you say that? Because he's seen, he's seen Butcher in real life, so he can tell that it's Butcher. He's seen the Frenchie. He can see the black dude, but when you... Sorry, Mother's Milk. But, like, the picture that he showed of Huey was, like, a very lanky white dude that was very blurry, though. So I don't know if Huey's cover is exactly blown yet. But you think that... But for sure, we have Butcher's covers blown. And Butcher's Milk, covers completely and blown. And Frenchie's been blown, so... Also, does he know who Butcher is? Because he did rape his wife. Where there might be something personal, because we do know Butcher was involved in some type of situation before. Yeah. Uh, man, I can't wait to find out more. That's why I can't wait to go see the next episode right now. Let's get into some quick news and gossip, shall we? That's right. Into the news and gossip. Guess what? According to CBR.com, the boys Jack from Jupiter, an original character from the comic book, may be coming in season two. The question was, where is Jack from Jupiter? This is the person who's based on the Martian Manhunter. We found that, and we discussed this amongst ourselves, the translucent seemed to have a very similar power. Uh, But... There is an actual character, Jack from Jupiter, who is a space child. They didn't want to bring him into the world because they wanted to make it as realistic as possible. And having an alien introduced didn't feel right. They are going to bring him out. Jack is portrayed as a narcissistic character with plenty of skeletons in his closet, just like everyone else. Right. And guess what? We will be possibly getting a Jack porno and orgy scene, possibly in uh, season three. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they said they're going to do it I'm right. actually an extra in that. I'm sure you are. Uh, that's it for news and gossip. Let's get into that special segment really quickly. What's the worst thing that could happen? The worst case scenario. Because the boys are back in town, and Peter Parker's Uncle Ben is going to die ten times over. <laughs> Let's talk Spider-Man. What is the worst thing that can happen with Spider-Man's powers, Tehran? So, technically speaking, Spider-Man's webs aren't his powers, given whichever Spider-Man you you decide to choose. But, it's part of him, and I would say that if he just fell asleep on the trigger and just spider-webbed everything forever, like he just fell asleep for hours and hours and the spider-webs just shot everywhere, and everyone was caught up in the spider-web, and while that happened, no doubt was playing in the background. Sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm walking in a spider web. Leave a message and I'll call you back. You're better than this, Tehran. What do you that's mean? A me, that's a me joke. Yeah, that that's, was great. That's like not Tehran level. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I've increased up to Steven level. I'll take it. I mean, I always wonder watching these movies, like, who cleans up the damn webs? And I just imagine tons of people falling from rafters, dying, trying to clean up his webs all around town. Uh, we notice how strong the webs are. Does rain wash them away? They're biodegradable. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. they are. I'm pretty sure that his webs have suffocated people to death before when he, like, leaves them hanging and he shoots it over their mouth, like, suffocates them. We don't know that the web isn't poisonous in some way. You know, like, you never really see people who are wrapped in it for hours and hours and how that affects them. Like, the, the, the low-key criminal who just, like, stole the old lady's purse who gets wrapped in the web and then gets his mouth covered, They, it's like, it's like really strong duct tape. Pulling that off probably rips a bunch of skin off, like a bunch of people walking around with no lips. 
People are dying because of Spider-Man. Or if he, like, swings about town, puts this thing on uh, on a bus, a biker swings by, decapitates the biker. There's some bad shit that goes on with this Bad power. stuff goes Peter on with Par- Spider-Man. We need more pictures of Spider-Man because he's a bad person. <laughs> All right, let's get into quick predictions. One line quick prediction, Steven. Next episode. Queen Maeve dies. Sheesh. Stop being so mean. I'm going to go with Queen Maeve lives. Let's go find out. As we're going to go watch the Amazon The Boys uh, next episode right now. Until then, where can people find you if you want to be found? Steve Lemieux. Lemieux. And I am Tehran all across the board. Find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz after shows because your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until an hour from now, we're going to go watch the, sh- uh, watch the episode and be right back. See you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.